0: How awesome is our God? Man, fantastic. That's a God worth singing to. I'm so grateful for all the effort and the energy that the worship team, the tech team, all these that are serving today put into this. Obviously, you know it's no small feat to do an event like this, and I'm just very grateful for all the work that they did. How about that? So how are you doing with your Christmas spirit tonight? I think maybe you went from zero to 60 in the last few minutes. In some cases, I would absolutely admit over the last few weeks, I've had a problem getting to the point where I was just really enthusiastic about Christmas. And I would tell you that I've noticed as I've driven across neighborhoods and towns that there's not as many Christmas displays out this year, there's not as many homes that have Christmas lights. And I had a conversation with our son who lives in South Carolina, and he serves on a church down there, and Adam told us that the same thing is true in South Carolina. There is not as many people who are feeling joyful. As a matter of fact, a degree of discouragement has set in with America, and and the division has caused people to have kind of an attitude of, "Uh, I'm not sure I'm as much into it. I want to encourage you right now, and this is going to play into where I'm going with what I want to share with you in the next 15 to 20 minutes, that there's a way that you can connect with us if you want somebody to pray with you. You're going to see a slide come up on the screen. It'll come up again at the end of the service, and and that particular slide is showing you that you have some numbers you can text. You can text, if you have a phone with you, to 94,000 if you want someone to pray for you. You can do that later this week, or you can do that right now, or you can do it this evening if you need prayer. Just text to 94,000. I promise you, you're not going to get spammed with a bunch of stuff. It's just a New Hope number, and someone will pray for you. And if you want a free Bible, just text NHBIBLE. We will be glad to send you a Bible. If you're watching at home and you don't own a Bible, we'd love to mail one to you. There's some out in the atrium tonight. You can pick one up and take with you. And if you'd like to talk with a pastor this coming week, if you'd like to have a conversation, that that last part of the slide, it was talking about texting to a team member here, text to one of the pastors, you'll see the slide again in a few minutes, and that will help you because there is a place where people have this degree of discouragement. I hope to take you from zero to 60 if you're in a place of discouragement right now. I I hope to be able to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. So i want to pray with you before we step into this component. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we come before you with our hearts really, truly full of joy for the right reason that you provided a way of escape, you provided the solution to discouragement and despair and disappointment, you provided the solution to sin, and his name is Jesus. And we're excited to learn more about what he did for us. So God, I ask over these next few minutes, you would sharpen our attention and focus us Help us to pay very careful attention to what you have to say through your word. We ask for this in the matchless name of Jesus, our Savior, and all God's people said, amen. I wonder how many in the room tonight, I can't see if you're online watching, but I'll let the people in the room put their hands up. Raise your hand if you've watched It's a Wonderful Life in the last week or so. Oh, like two of you. Oh, come on. Okay, you have a job assignment. Do it tonight. Okay, here's why. And maybe you've never seen the movie before, but here's the setup. It it begins with prayers, individuals praying for an individual on earth, and, and you see these two stars in the sky or galaxies or whatever they are talking back and forth. They represent angels, and angels are in this conversation, and they're saying, we've got to send someone to planet earth to help George Bailey, and so they, they summon a guy, um, I think his name is Clarence, and then and they bring him forward and say, we've got to send you to earth on an assignment, and his re- response to the angels who are sending him is this, Why? What's wrong? Is he sick? And the superior angel says to the lesser angel, no, much worse. He's discouraged. There's a lot of people that you perhaps know that are in that place. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you came in the door discouraged about the events of things going on in the world around you. George Bailey had lost perspective. George Bailey in the movie missed All the good that was going on around him and the good in his life. And he lost perspective of what had been done for him and what he had. Now, that's just a Christmas story made by Hollywood. That's a tale. I want to take you to the true Christmas story. Let me do that by taking you to Luke chapter 2, and it starts this way in verse 13. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace... Among men. We've spent the last three weeks here at New Hope connecting the dots of all the ancient prophecies that led to that moment that you see on the screen. To that moment in which the angels arrive, we've looked at the prophecies and the intricacies in which God brought together all of history to that moment with pinpoint accuracy so that He would demonstrate to the entire world that He loves us intimately, a love that was culminating in what the Bible calls the consummation of the ages, when God put on display that which surpasses comprehension. By that specifically, I mean that God demonstrated His own love toward us by making available a peace, to every single individual who wants to choose to follow God's way. It actually says this in Scripture, Philippians 4, 7, a peace that will blow your mind. It surpasses all comprehension, all your ability to understand it. It surpasses your ability to process it. The Bible promises that's a real thing. A peace that goes beyond my understanding, and I know that some of you all have experienced it this last year. Even in the midst of trauma, even in the midst of great loss, even in the midst of suffering, you've experienced the peace that passes all understanding because of your relationship with God. While others would wonder and look at you and say, is that even possible? How do I get that? I want you to know that there is a peace that surpasses COVID. There is a peace that surpasses financial chaos. There is a peace that surpasses global turmoil and political turmoil and broken relationships. It's a peace that arrived as the result of the intentional actions of God. And according to the Bible, according to God's own Word, it happened this way. In the deep blue velvet of a midnight sky, angels absolutely burst on the scene and they brought an announcement unequaled in human history that God himself had arrived on planet earth, specifically that God the Son condescended, and I use that term intentionally, condescended to become Jesus the man. He humbled himself to become a human. And we're told in order for that to happen, this is what goes on according to Scripture. We don't understand it, but this is what's explained to us, Philippians 2.6. He, Jesus, existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied Himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. And so He looked like a man and He talked like a man and He walked like a man. And yet the Bible declares he's still absolutely fully God. Fully God, fully man. Never had anything so colossal been announced, and I would admit to you, or so bizarre. How huge, yet how strange. God as a baby in a barn stall in diapers? The God of heaven dwells in a palace of gold in heaven, and now he's got a feeding trough for his crib? Welcome to planet earth, God. Here's some straw. How do you balance this in your mind? It's it's an assault to the senses. It is bizarre. And to some, we would have to admit, it seems absurd. Yet God's word says it's all true for this reason, according to Luke chapter 1, because nothing is impossible with God. I hope you agree with that. Maybe, maybe you just want to say amen together. Let's do that on three. One, two, three. Amen. 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 Nothing. Nothing is impossible with God. Let's go back into the story and the angel's announcement so we understand this. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among men. Now that's a really hard thing. The angels speak of a peace that arrived in that moment at a specific time. Except it isn't. Actually, it isn't peaceful. So how do I understand this statement? It wasn't then in the first century. It's certainly not now in 2021. And and then, as now, there's nothing but division. In the first century, they're socially divided, politically divided, financially divided. And just like now, morally divided. Peace might be the most elusive element in our world. And you don't have to look far to validate what I'm saying. Just check your own circumstances. Tis the night before Christmas... Do you find yourself longing for someone to fix it? Do do you find yourself aching for some way to bring a degree of peace into your life? Or is everything in your world perfect? Maybe you're the exception. Maybe you've got perfect health, perfect relationships, perfect checkbook your entire family is behaving perfect. (laughs) Possibly it's one or two. If that's you, let's go further then. Let's expand our view to look around at society. Is there an ache within you for things to be better? Do you survey this world around you and you're longing for a solution? Have you seen enough of COVID already? Or maybe with, like, come on, Russia invading Ukraine, enough already. Or missiles in North Korea or messed up finances around the world, enough already. See, when you grasp the scope of the sweeping statement of what the angels said to the shepherds, a commitment from God, you recognize, you have to identify the massiveness of what God committed to. Now to be sure, there's several forms of peace mentioned in the Bible. There's actually a variety. I want you to see some of the ones that many people would be familiar with. I'm not going to try and teach you the Greek or the Hebrew language. I just want you to catch what's going on here. In some forms in the Bible, there's an absence of conflict that's referred to. and It's just time limits, and it's mentioned in 1 Chronicles 22.9, his name shall be Solomon and I will give him peace. The word that's used there is sheket, and it merely it, it means tranquility during the time of Solomon. Or here's another example for you, protection from attack, that's another type of peace. The Lord bless you and shamar you. Shamar is a Hebrew word that is for peace, and it means to protect you. Or, or here's a third one, a forced military peace, and that comes from Judges 8. And Judges 8 refers to they lifted up their heads. No more, and the country was in quietness. That's shakat; that just means to repose. I'd take a quiet country, how about you? That'd be cool. Now there's a fourth one, the Bible refers to it, but I'm not even gonna bring up verses on the screen. It's a negotiated peace, and we can identify with that because we negotiate for peace at home. I remember as a kid my mom saying, please can't I just have a moment of silence? and she'd go to another room and shut the door. And we we do that by negotiating with the family, but that's a time-limited piece, right? See, all these ones that I've mentioned so far, they're time-limited pieces. But there's a future piece the Bible refers to. I bet you've actually even heard the word. Let me show you this. In Isaiah 9, verse 6, "'For a child will be born to us, "'a son will be given to us, "'and the government will rest on his shoulders.'" And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Shalom. There will be no end to the increase of his government or shalom. Now that's obviously speaking of a future peace. And so you find throughout Jewish history, individuals would greet each other in the street and as they would pass them by, they wouldn't say hello, they would say Shalom, wishing, willing, wanting individuals to have that kind of peace that's prosperity and health and rest and safe and you could just step back and say, all is well in my world. That's what they're talking about when they say shalom. But to go one step further, to absorb the kind of peace that God promised, we have to go back to that night in the field again. Look with me at the story, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night, and don't romanticize the life of the shepherds. Yes, it was simple, and yes, it was quiet, but it was rustic, and it was primitive. And let them be what they are. If you research first century history, you'll find that many of these shepherds, They were actually at the lowest rung of the social ladder because many of them were criminals. They had a crime history. They couldn't get any other job, and they can shepherd sheep, can't they? So they would send them out to the fields and watching over the flock by night. And we're told they're in the fields from spring to November all the time. Like, they never get to leave to take a shower, they're out there in the rain, they're out there in the heat, they're out there whatever the elements are, they don't get to go to a restaurant even if they could afford it. All that time they're in the open fields and yet in the stillness of the midnight hour with this profusion of deep blue above them. If we keep it in context, the, verse, the story says in verse 9, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. Megas It means to be horribly scared out of your wits, and you would be too if you saw what they saw. And so they're terrified, and the angel responds to them in verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger." That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's the story. The one whom the heavens cannot contain, the one who blew up Mount Sinai as though a nuclear bomb had gone off, it's, it's bursting with smoke and flame and fire, that one who could do that. Going to be on earth as a baby? And so that you actually believe this is true? There's a sign for you? You need a sign because this is not normal. Like, what are the odds of finding another newborn baby in Bethlehem that night? Well, probably pretty high, but what are the odds of finding a newborn baby boy in a stone feeding box? Probably only one. That's a sign feel like Jeff Foxworthy, I should hold up, here's your sign. This is a sign, pay attention to what's going on. Now the inn that they're headed towards, typically in the Middle Eastern environment at this period of time, the inns are two-story structures, people slept above, the animals were underneath, but apparently this inn is full and they get sent out to a barn in the back part, a cave maybe, and the courtyard is even full where travelers could sleep. We're told this before they ever head to that barn, verse 13, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom He is pleased. And as fast as they appear, they're gone. They're not there before them any longer so that we would know that this occasion is greater than any other occasion. God allows this profusion of angels. And we're only told of one other time in all of the Bible when the angels show up and shout for joy and sing, and that's at the creation of the universe, when all the sons of God shouted for joy. And they did it again here So in honor of this event, heaven breaks out a song that's never before been sung. And it happens so abruptly because they're so passionate about it because it's so stunning. Verse 14 says, glory to God in the highest. And that's something they declare all the time. That's not so stunning. They were built for that. But it's the second part. It's a second component of the statement, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace. Now, there's an element that's added that explains why this is such a huge announcement. See, since 27 B.C., Caesar Augustus has been trying to bring peace. Since he put the the Senate in positions of power, since Rome launched its armies Since 27 B.C., the Pax Romana has been sweeping across what we know of as Europe and the Middle East and Northern Africa, but that was a peace using the terms that we talked about earlier, the military type of peace, the one that's not negotiated, the one by force. So you're at peace in the Pax Romana. If you're in the Roman Senate and you live in Rome and you've got a really cushy job, but for all the people living under the boot of Rome, there has been no peace. But the peace the angels announce is completely different. It's not been available since the Garden of Eden. I just want you to see the three words on earth peace. And I want you to hear this phrase to set at one again. Peace on earth is like hitting a giant reset button to reset everything, to reset your life. That's what they're announcing, on earth peace. So the term that's used for peace here is Irene, to set it one again. It's like shalom, but it's much, much more comprehensive. It actually means to start over. That's the peace of God that surpasses comprehension according to Philippians 4.7, a new beginning. Philippians 4.7, the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God is something that you can't buy. Irene to set at one once again, means it once was, there was peace, but it's not now, but it can be, to set at one again. That kind of peace, you can't negotiate that. You can't give away enough money. You can't feed enough poor people. You can't do enough volunteer work to get the peace that passes comprehension. That would be like trying to buy God off, and we can't buy God off. Now, I'll admit this very same thought of of buying peace enters into our life on a daily basis. We're tempted, and we often succeed at doing that. Many people seek peace through bigger bank accounts. Many people seek peace through job promotions and through advanced degrees. Many people seek peace through gifts and and through buying stuff for themselves. Lots of purchases, iPads and TVs and and new sweaters and better jobs, temporarily, they do fill the emptiness. But toys won't do it in the long run, they're very time limited. If you're looking tonight for the highest kind of peace, the kind that survives trauma, the kind that survives disease and broken relationships and stock markets that flutter and politics, that requires the peace that the angels announce, that is beyond comprehension. And the great thing is it's completely free because it's the gift of God. He brings it to it and he delivers it. But I need you to notice this before we end it. We've been in this for like 15 minutes. Give me the last few minutes here with you. Notice the big deal that's associated with this piece. It's conditional. And it's scary. Because verse 14 says, it's for those with whom he is pleased. And that's really scary because that's like, oh man, I really wanted that but I don't think he's pleased with me. How scary is that to think that you're not in a place where God is pleased with you? That's downright intimidating. And that's where a lot of people are at. I I think a lot of people are discouraged and disappointed because they're not even sure there's a way out of the mess that they're in. So, when they hear that peace is available on earth with him who is pleased and pleasing to God, you might want to ask that question like, how do I get that? What does it take for God to be pleased with me? And I'm going to say this as straightforward as I possibly can. In order to have God be pleased with you, you need to be forgiven of your sin by the Son who was given to us. That's the plain truth of Scripture. Look again at Isaiah. Isaiah 9, for a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us so that we would be forgiven. And the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I don't care what you're distracted by right now, if you're watching at home, just shut out everything else going on. Every single soul within the sound of my voice can have peace with God if they would receive the Son who He has given to us. So don't disqualify yourself. Don't say, I can't have that because God's not pleased with me. You need to know how God can be pleased with you. Here's how it happened. He placed all of our crime, all of our evil, all of our deception, all of our division, all of our failure, all of our lies, all of our addictions, all of our sexual misbehavior, all of our sin, he put it on God the Son. And he had to do it because it's not a price that you're capable of paying. It's way too costly. There is only one who could pay the price to deal with failure on a global basis. Only the one who matches Isaiah 53.5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our shalom was upon him. The peace of God brought from heaven to earth happened through the arrival of the Prince of Peace. That choice set Christmas in motion. God the Son became Jesus the man, making a choice to love you above his own life. How great is our God? It's amazing to me. I mean, amazing to me that the one who spoke the solar systems Into existence helps Joseph build a bench in the carpenter shop. The woman whom he created tells him to wash up for supper. Like humbling on a scale that we can't begin to imagine. If if I use the word humbling, it, it actually falls far, far short because it's a condescension on a scale that I can't comprehend. But hear this, even more outrageous than God becoming man is that he didn't wait for us to deserve it. Praise God, church. He didn't wait until we were good enough. Even though we were embroiled in sin, this is how God demonstrated his love for us. Romans 5, 8. God demonstrated his own love for us That even though there's division, even though there's misbehavior, even though there's failure, He loves us so much. His own love toward us came in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's how much He loves you, so that you could have the peace of God that surpasses comprehension. So Jesus says, That peace, that's mine and I'll give it to you. You can have it now, and you can have it for all eternity. It can belong to you. He said it this way, John 14, 27, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, not as the world gives iPads, not as the world gives job promotions, not as the world gives bigger bank accounts. My peace is something that goes far beyond that. My peace is the reality of the knowledge that you've been forgiven of your sin and you've been set at one again with God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, and all three of the Trinity love you to the degree that they're willing to go to this length. That kind of peace comes as a result of God being pleased with you and that only happens when you receive the forgiveness of your sin. Then... You are in God's pleasure. You're right with God at that moment in time. You're set at one again. Will you stumble along the way? Absolutely, yes. But he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we confess our sins. I was kind of expecting amens on that one. Like, I mean, that's a big deal, right? Good thing Jesus didn't have to be put back on the cross and die every time we committed a sin. He died for all of our sin, and he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, maybe you're thinking right at this moment, I don't deserve it. I really messed up my life. You're right, and I don't either. I don't deserve what he has offered to us, but he offers it anyway. It's called grace, and it's amazing. You should check it out. That's the love of God. And here's the truth. When you meet Jesus in that way, you meet him right where you are. You don't wait until you've cleaned up your act. You don't wait until you're good enough because it's not about your goodness. It's about his righteousness. That's why he came. So that's why I asked you in the very beginning if you needed help to text us. If you just want somebody to pray for you, you're going to see that slide go back on the screen again. If you want somebody to pray, NH Prayer, dial up, text it, 94,000. You're not going to get spammed if you do it. It's just a New Hope number, I promise you. Nobody's going to start sending you sales pitches. The next one, if you need a Bible... Text 94,000 say, I need a Bible. Would you send me one? If you're watching at home especially, we'd love to mail one to you. And, and the last part, N H meet. that's if you want to meet with a pastor in the next week or maybe after the holidays are done. Just send us a text and let us know. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. Use this as an opportunity to investigate the truth of what you've heard. Go to the Bible. Search these things. They are as they are represented these things we've talked about tonight, they will stand up to the most intense scrutiny. So here's how I want to end. Michael has just a couple more songs for us. I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you about the magnitude of these things. Would you join me in that? Let's pray together. Father, I pray with my brothers and sisters, with my friends that are here. I pray with those who are online right now, that your blessing, first of all, would rest on us for having spent time in your word this evening and worshiping you. I pray especially, God, for those who are wondering if this is real, if they could really have the peace of God. Father, I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would surround them right now. Whisper to them, God, that you are real and that you provide exactly what we've described tonight. Be especially close to those who are wondering. God, I I pray that you would not let this moment escape from anyone's life, but rather they would act on this and see this as an opportunity to hit the reset button of their life, to receive forgiveness from you and begin again. We can only ask for these things because of the matchless name of Jesus and what he did with us. And the reality, Father, is we're willing to say, we can't do these things that we've talked about. It has to be you working through us. So we would willingly say, along with the authors of the New Testament, it's not us. It's Christ through us. Do that, Father. Remind us of that. Yet not I, but Christ in me. We ask this in the matchless name of Christ our King and all God's people said, amen.